Hello and welcome to our Monday Chatter Check-In. I'm Paige. I'm Anna. And we're really excited this week to finally be able to share our thoughts on TFAF online with our audience. I feel like we've been talking about it for weeks now. We have, we have. So it, it is time to talk about it <laughs> in depth. A little bit of background. TFAF stands for the European Fine Arts Fair and it was established in 1988. It runs as a non-profit foundation and holds an impressive history showcasing fine art from a network of top international dealers. Spanning across categories of art from ancient times to modern day, TFAF is well regarded for its intensive vetting process. And this year, to keep up with COVID-19 safety guidelines, TFAF announced that its 2020 online fair implemented a rigorous digital vetting process where exhibitors were required to submit high quality images along with all the typical documentation required. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how difficult it must have been to vet a work of art without being yeah, able without, to hold exactly, it. Exactly, I agree. But yeah, TFAV Online was available from October 31st to November 4th, and they had over 300 exhibitors, and it was done in a masterpiece format which means that each exhibitor presented only one work. And then this one work was accompanied by contextual descriptions, really, really high quality images. Mm -hmm. And some even had videos explaining why the exhibitor chose to showcase this specific item, as well as the like gallery's area of interest and specialty. Yes, and as there were only 300 works to go through online, which seemed more approachable in a virtual environment, but also according to the fair, a result of the complicated nature of being able to authenticate works in person. It does make sense because when you mm -hmm. think of a typical art fair, you go into a booth that's yes. run by a dealer or a gallery and there are at least 10 works. Yes. So being able to do all of that online would have just been too much. Yeah, I agree. But it was really cool. And like the images were so high resolution and you could zoom in and like move around yeah. that you really got a very in-depth look of what the item. Yeah. And what surprised me the most was mm -hmm. how interactive the platform actually was. Yeah. When you logged on and like were able to see the works of art, you could also see which exhibitors were also online. So mm -hmm. you could directly engage and ask questions and get yeah. an immediate response. Yeah, I thought that was very, very cool. And I loved everything. It was super user friendly, very easy to navigate and very, as you said, interactive overall. Yeah. And then also what's exciting about this is that TFAF announced that they are developing this into a permanent feature mm -hmm. alongside all future TFAF fairs. So this is going to be one element of all of their future events. Yeah. Yeah, which is super cool and I also like being able to see so many works from our couch yeah <laughs> we were just getting breakfast and browsing works so that was really cool but in the end I do believe that it doesn't replace the in-person experience and like I have mentioned before Paige and I went last year and we had so much fun and I really just look forward to being able to attend to events in person again because also like you said like you walk into these little like gallery things and it's so fun to feel like within one fair you're visiting so many different galleries. Yeah the thing that excites me the most about just this whole overall virtual experience mm -hmm. is the idea that it can serve as an addition to the in-person yeah. because we've even been in the past where we've been so interested in a specific work but you only have a limited time to spend there in person right. so being able to go back after like the following day and really study one specific mm -hmm. work is like an interesting concept yeah and it is quite overwhelming because there are lots of people and then like you know people walking around with the champagne and the oysters yeah. And then it just gets messy. <laughs> There's so much to look at at once um, sometimes. But last year we got really lucky and we were walking around and this person asked to see a Picasso on the wall of a gallery and 
the gallerist was like, oh, this is my favorite because it is two in one. And Paige and I just happened to be around. And so he takes the Picasso down and there was a Picasso in the back. So it really was just a two in one. (laughs) took the work off of the wall and like (laughs) turned it around to show everyone standing there. And it was a really incredible experience Mm -hmm. because even in a museum, you don't, the works feel so like untouchable almost. That it's amazing to be sitting there and just watch someone pick up the Picasso Picasso. like it's nothing. Yeah. And that's what I miss about in-person events because I'm sure there were works like this online and they can't highlight everything so something else might have been highlighted instead also yeah. logistically are you really gonna sit there and go through all 300 works no like we I didn't no <laughs> we didn't and they had a really cool feature where you could click and randomly be brought to a page and see one work so that was nice because that Mm -hmm. is does replicate the way you experience an art fair where you just kind of stroll and stumble upon something I agree but it is a time commitment it's asking a lot for Mm -hmm. people to sit there and sort through every single work yeah which is why I think it's good they only did 300 yes so one from each uh, but we also were able to tune into one of the TVAV web or yeah the webinars TVAV offered, and it was super interesting. They talk about old master paintings in modern spaces, and the conversation was heavily focused around the Frick's move to the Breuer Building and like the Frick collection. As some of you may know, is mostly made up of old master paintings, and the Breuer Building was built in the 20th century, so it is very modern and different from what the collection is usually in. Yeah, I loved the discussion because one of my favorite things is seeing works of art that are almost taken out of context Context. and like juxtaposed against different eras. I'm also just so excited for the Frick to move to the Breuer building because I think the Breuer is one of my favorite buildings. Yeah. And I do love going to the Frick, but it just feels repetitive in a way. Like nothing moves. Right. So once you've been so many times, you know exactly what to expect. So it's exciting to have the prospect of going and viewing the works in a new environment. Yeah. And like how they will curate the works, like which rooms they'll put them in and how they will pair them. Yeah. It's very interesting overall. It's a really unique opportunity. Exactly. And this week we also did something else. <laughs> yes. This past Thursday, we did an Instagram live with our friend Amira, who is a co-founder of Feminex Focus, an educational platform working to create a global community of women. The platform's motto is collaboration over competition. And we had a great discussion about our journey starting Curated Chatter. It felt very like natural because she's like one of our friends. So it was fun to just be able to talk to her and like explain our process. She's in London. So it's fun to be able to, you know, talk to someone in a different part of the world about these things. It's also really nice because she also founded her own company. Thing. And so mm-hmm. she's going through similar things that we're going through, but also because it's not solely an art focused platform, her experience is different. Right. So it was just a nice conversation. I agree. It's also a perfect time to talk about our interview with the art sphere because Amira actually introduced us to Ines from the art sphere who also founded her own platform during COVID and hers is solely art related. And if you haven't listened to the interview, it's up on our podcast channel. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yes. And if you missed our IG live with Amira, it's now available on her Instagram page Mm -hmm. saved as an IGTV. So definitely check that out as well. Yes. It's only 30 minutes, so it's very quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to close out this episode, we're going to do a restaurant highlight. So this week we're dedicating the episode to Coats, somewhere we had been wanting to try for a while. Yes, it was a really fun experience. We mm-hmm. actually ate indoors. Yes, we did. I think we were almost in a way waiting to be able to eat indoors at mm-hmm. Coat because it's Korean barbecue, so they do it on the grill right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So although they do have outdoor seating, I don't think it's the same experience. experience. Yeah, and the atmosphere is so great inside that I'm 
I'm really glad we waited to be able to run inside. But we have been trying to go to Coat for like over a year, year and a half. Yeah. And we just never found the time. It was like hard to get a reservation and other things came up. But I'm just so glad we did it. And we got like a tasting menu, which was definitely the right call in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, because we were able to try a little bit of everything, everything. which And we got things that I never would have ordered. Yes. And they bring you a little froyo in the end, It's which was amazing. <laughs> the highlight. The highlight. No, not really. But I'm like not really that much into meat and I loved everything they served. It was some of the best meat that I've had in, in New, New York. York. I agree. But yeah, definitely recommend. Highly it. recommend. It is my second favorite restaurant in New York now. <laughs> definitely go with a group. It's a yes, really fun, it's fun group, group activity. Group. Yeah, I agree. So I think that's it for Great. today. Stay tuned for our Thursday top five. Yes. And see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.